Are you an eggnog drinker? I bet it's been years since I've had eggnog, but I do like eggnog. Do you like it? Yes. I remember as a kid, my grandma had eggnog ice cream. That was very delicious. Now, where's this coming from? I just thought it was an interesting. You don't question. eat. You don't eat it. You don't even like eggs. Oh, no, I've never liked it. I even when I was eating eggs, I didn't eat eggs because okay. I didn't like. See, I didn't ever like. We've taste. always talked about when there's a snowstorm coming up, you go to the store and you buy eggs and milk and bread. That's true. And I we all the only thing you can make is French toast, which is not so bad at all. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Twenty Three Podcast, it's also known as the French Toast. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be with you guys as we are preparing for the third Sunday of Advent. I've got to tell you something really fun happened last weekend. Uh, thank you to Sue because we were talking about Anna's cookies on the podcast last oh, week. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, Sue quickly sent me a recipe for uh, plant-based, gluten-free Anna's cookies. And we made them on Saturday and they're quite delicious. Thank you for sharing. I will bring some in for you. Okay. Yeah, that's true. You did say <laughs> you did say you like Anna's cookies. Yes. Anyway, so we're getting ready for the third. You know, Sunday. we have to be careful what we say we like. Uh, that's true. I also like. Let's see. A million dollars? No, you don't. No, <laughs> no. Um, so something fun is happening over in the church today. Right now, as we speak, the construction people have come back to finish the work. Both the statue of the Joy of the Holy Family which is the one on the north wall uh-huh. and Pope John the 23rd opening the windows for the air of the Holy Spirit on the south wall. Yeah. Both of those statues were just sitting on the floor, but they were not meant to be. So we had pedestals built, wooden pedestals, right. platforms, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they are made of the same material as the pews. In fact, made by the church pew company. The African Sapili wood. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful wood. And so as we talk, they are positioning the statues on the pedestals. You know, it's a great example of how the building is still a work in progress, even though we've been moved in for two months. Oh, yes. Our Stations of the Cross will come. Someday. Someday. You know, uh, I know that you've gotten to see it. And yesterday, Tim Schmalz, our artist that did all of the, the pieces, posted on his Facebook page the video. There's a little mini documentary about kind of his creative process behind the Stations of the Cross. And it's totally about our set. Yeah. So I shared that both on our public Facebook page and also on our Closed Parishioners Facebook group. By the way, if you're not in the Closed Parishioners Facebook group, it's a great place to be. Lots of fun conversations. You're not and- talking to me. You're talking to the people out there. Because I yes. see it. I you know. I know you see. It. I'm talking to the people out there. Out there, there. You have the, to say, "Hey, you two that are listening." That's why we do the podcast. Is for not the people. For, the people out there. I hope. I so. thought you liked talking to me. I do like talking to you. Okay. For 23 minutes a week. <laughs> 23 minutes. We got. We got it. We get our quota in, and then we don't. We just kind of grunt as we walk by each other <laughs> in the hallway. I, that couldn't be true. No. Far, farther from the truth. But anyway, we have had a lot of activity the last couple of weeks. Besides getting the pedestals for the statues, yeah. uh, our church is experiencing everything since we opened. It's been about two months, two months to the day, actually, since the dedication mass. We're Happy we, anniversary. We are recording this on December 11th. Oh, we should celebrate. Yes, we should. Let's record a podcast. Okay. But anyway, so the last two months, we've had eight or nine weekends of mass, I think nine weekends of mass. We've had a couple of beautiful weddings. We've had five or six very powerful, beautiful funeral masses. Mm-hmm. If you can say that's beautiful, but certainly it's they are beautiful. Very, very meaningful. Yeah. 
I had one quinceanera. We had a reconciliation service for the the first the kids' first reconciliation with their parents. We have another reconciliation service tonight, and we're really finding how beautifully and how well the church works. Yeah. Now I am used to the space. Now I'm used to the sound. I suspect a lot of listeners are not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a little survey at one of the meetings this week. I asked if people had found their niche. And about half the people said, yes, we know exactly where to sit. We know, you know, we, which mass we come to and we go right to the right pew. Yeah. And the other half said, no, we're still roaming Catholics. <laughs> we're still uh, trying out this, trying out that. You know, and our it's also clear in the last few weeks how how much our parish has evolved and it's it's ever changing at a connection point on Sunday, which is the program we do about every six weeks for new families uh, that come into the parish and are, are interesting interested in registering. Uh, I asked them because we were the meeting was in Roncalli Hall. It was a very large group, and there were about thirty to thirty three new households that were coming. And uh, I asked them, I said, be bold. I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot, but if you've never actually been to Mass in this room in Roncalli Hall, I'd like you to raise your hand. And I would say a third of the room. I was surprised how many people have only known us in the church, the new church building. Yeah. So it was a great illustration of how, you know, as, as important as that chapter is in our history, some people will never know that because we, are, we started a new chapter in our new worship space, and quite a beautiful one, I will say. It's been a lot of fun. And speaking of beautiful, this week we get to Gaudete Sunday. Rejoice. Rejoice. I didn't sound very rejoicing when I you said You didn't rejoice. sound like yeah. no, it. You didn't, you didn't really mean it. Gaudete it's we're not there yet. is the declarative, imperative verb form from the word to rejoice. So it's not just rejoice, but it's it's command. You must rejoice. Rejoice. I will rejoice when I finally see you in rose-colored vestments. That's not going to happen this year. <laughs> that rose-colored vestments, rose is translated pink. Yeah. It's an option. Yes. Some priests love to do that. That's not your thing. That's not my thing. I totally get it. Yeah. I have a pink shirt that I enjoy wearing, but it's a shirt. It's not like a full yeah. chasuble. For me, it's... That's not where it's at. You know, vestments are vestments. They're, they're, they are important to remind you and everybody else that it's not just Herb Weber up there in his street clothes. Sure. That he represents uh, a position in the church. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we have some discretion. And part of my discretion is to not go flowery. I don't have lacy uh, vestments. I, sure. don't, I don't have the, the, the heavy brocade or anything like that. I just, you know... The basic color is okay. And it maybe some of you have noticed out there that are listening that we have some new vestments that you've been wearing. Well, we never we never had a set of vestments that belonged to the church. Yeah, they were always yours, per, uh, your personal And ones. most of them were handmade. Yeah. So, which is fine. I still use them and I still will. However, uh, we did get a set when we moved in. So, for the Feast of, uh, well, no, not even Immaculate Conception. I believe for uh, the funeral yesterday you wore the white one. was the first time I wore the white one. It was very nice. And you've been wearing the violet one for Advent. Yes. So today is Gaudete Sunday. It means we light the third candle. I was much surprised a few years ago that somebody thought the pink candle mm-hmm. in the Advent wreath 
was the last Sunday, like you're building your way up to it. And it's not. It's the third means you're more than halfway to, to Christmas. Uh, my daughter, Audrey, did ask me, why is it pink? Well, that's a teachable moment. And I'm sure that you said, rejoice, Audrey, rejoice. I said, well, I did you say You said we, it in Latin. <laughs> Gaudete. Gaudete. That's going to be our next child. Gaudete. Well, a lot of people name their kids Joy, don't they? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just do it in Latin. Instead. Okay. So the, the word Gaudete, Gaudete comes up in the antiphon. If you haven't noticed, before the, the processional song, we, uh, Michael sings an antiphon. The second mm-hmm. antiphon he sings is right uh, before the, uh, the communion hymn. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, the entrance antiphon is from Philippians. And if you notice on the screens, I always put the scriptural citation so people can understand what it is that yeah. we're singing. But the, the text for the antiphon for the third Sunday of Advent is, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. I don't think people know how to rejoice. I think a lot of people know how to be giddy happy. Hmm. I know a lot of people can be content with life, mm-hmm. but rejoice is a very powerful word. It goes above and beyond. So I just looked up the definition. And it says? To feel or show great joy or delight. Great joy yeah, and delight, yes. So we should be happy, and the readings actually... The first reading from Zephaniah starts with the words, shout for joy. Okay. The second reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again. Rejoice. Okay. You've already heard it now. By this point in mass, you've heard it three times. Plus it's also mentioned in passing in the opening prayer. So four times. Well, and don't forget the responsorial psalm. Oh, yes. Cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Especially if you wear rose-colored vestments. (laughs) I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Did John the Baptist wear a rose-colored vestment? I don't think so. I don't think so. He wore camel's hair. Camel's hair. Well, kind of tacky. And it definitely wasn't rose. From from pink camels. I don't think people dyed their... uh, Yeah, their camels weren't pink. You know, some people will dye their dogs pink. Have you seen that? No. Like poodles, pink poodles. You've never seen that? No, and I don't think I need to. <laughs> okay. Okay, so last week, the main character in the gospel was John the Baptist. It says, you know, he quoted Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke quoted Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the desert, make ready the way of the Lord. Sure. That was chapter 3, verses 1 and, and following. So we pick up on chapter 3 of Luke again this at, week. Right at verse 10. 10 to 18. And once again... You can break it into two parts. Um, I will read the first half. Okay. And Michael, That's you're, me. You're, you're requesting to read the second half, aren't you? May I please read the second okay, half? Okay, here goes. The crowds asked John the Baptist, what should we do? He said to them in reply, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none. And whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, And what is it that we should do? He told them, Do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone. And be satisfied with your wages. Are you talking to me? 
Yes. <laughs> all right, let's go on to the next part. Now the people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Exhorting them in many other ways, he preached good news to the people. So we have the whole first half, that wonderful question, what should we do? How can we be ready? And I love the fact those who came, you know, he says those who have two cloaks or those who have food, but then he also adds the tax collectors mm-hmm. and even the soldiers. Now, of course, most of the soldiers are, are members of the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. so they are outsiders. But then the second part, with the part that you read so beautifully, by the way. Wow, thank you. I uh, practiced. They wondered if John would be the one. And I think that's one of the many things I admire about John is he didn't fall into that trap. He didn't think, well, yeah, look at me. I'm pretty cool. Yeah. He basically knew in the core of his being mm-hmm. that he was just uh, there to point people to someone better than he. And he was able to say that over and over again. He never, never wavered on that. It would be easy. You know, I, I'm thinking of, you know, what's a, a modern day parallel to this. And I think in this social media age, uh, it's very easy to um, get caught up in attention or, you know, how many likes or followers you get or whatever it may be. And, you know, remembering that it's not exactly about you, but but who you point to. So John could have been very like caught up in who he was and the following that he had. And even some of them are asking, maybe he is the Christ. Maybe he is the one that we should be following. And John was always using his platform to point to another. And so I, I think the question for us this week is how do we use our platforms, whatever they may be, digital or analog or in person, um, <laughs> to point to, to point to Jesus. Jesus. I remember, oh, 20, 25 years ago, talking to a priest friend, and he was talking about somebody that we both knew who was in a position of leadership. Mm-hmm. And this other priest knew him a lot better than I did. But he said, I don't know if there is such a psychological term, but this person has an attention addiction. Mm-hmm. Like he's addicted to getting attention. And of course, in my own mind, I thought that's what, how we define narcissism. Yeah. It's about you and about what you can do and everybody needs to remind you. And the sad thing about that is it's never sufficient. You always need more. Right. And so here we are on the opposite end right. where you just said people need attention. And he's saying, yeah, he wanted attention, but not for himself. I think the clergy are really always susceptible to this temptation. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be very, very careful and we have to be humble and we have to have staff members who put us in our place. Hello. And (laughs) uh, I think the best thing ever happened to me was to be born into a large family. Mm -hmm. So even when I was ordained a priest, it was like, oh, this is a good excuse for the family to get together. They did not put me on the pedestal like I've seen with other people at their ordination. Yeah. So already it was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh, was this was Herb here, too? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody was happy for me, but it was really for some other reason. Right. You know, they they just enjoyed being part of the family. 
Well, you know, yeah, I, I love what you talk about with, you know, everyone craving that attention and studies have, I, I've, I've read research about, you know, studies showing that every time we get some sort of interaction with somebody that, that validates something that we post online, it's a dopamine hit in the brain. Yeah. And then we continue to crave that, that attention and that, uh, what people want. And, um, I, that's why I think it's so great many times for the season of Advent or the season of Lent, people will maybe give up social media so that they can kind of concentrate more on the important things in life. Yeah. And just, you, you have to start somewhere. And so it's almost like the question at the beginning of the gospel, what should we do? And maybe we ought to make up our own list instead of just saying, you know, don't cheat anybody if you're a tax collector and don't extort people if you are a soldier. Mm -hmm. But maybe we need to say, don't bully somebody or don't gossip or don't spend so much energy, uh, you know, online. Yeah. Uh, Just set it aside. I think gossiping is a big one. I, I think many times we talk about people without even realizing that it is gossip. You know, oh, I've got, you got to hear what so-and-so well, did. Have you noticed how many people, when they're starting to gossip, they change their voice? I think, hey. Yeah. <laughs> when hey. you know you have to get quiet. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> did, did you hear what's happening? That's so yeah. true. Yeah. And you already know they've crossed the line. Sure. Sure. Um, and like you said, you know, the amount of time that we're spending online or doing other things, or even just taking work home, you know, I've been trying to find time during the week to make sure that, you know, it's very easy to open up my laptop and be doing something, but maybe I should be reading a book or playing a game with my kids. So that's or, why you haven't answered my email for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I've been reading a book, your book, but, uh, I've been, do you have a book, don't you? Oh, I've, I've written a couple books. I thought so. I don't have any of them. You've never given them to me. We hardly read one, much less write them. <laughs> oh, you don't I have was, mine. I don't have your book. Yeah, I don't. I have, I I have, have a yearbook or your book. I have a couple of yearbooks. <laughs> I have, I've got all of my yearbooks. Claire loves that I keep all of those things. But yeah, I, I would love that idea of what could that list be? And maybe that could be a good activity that you'd take in your own prayer time this week. Uh, for all of us is read through this gospel passage and maybe come up with some sort of list that what are some of the vices in life that are not allowing us to point to Jesus. And here we've come full circle back to the Gaudete because what is joy? Joy is not about having Mm -hmm. or getting uh, attention, attention or acclamation. Uh, Joy is about peacefulness Joy has to come from the inside out. Mm -hmm. It has to be in the heart that somehow we are okay. We're not perfect, Mm -hmm. but we know that God loves us and we're working on it. We're trying to respond faithfully and that we are forgiven. But also then it grows out of that into our, our peace of mind, our attitude towards other people. And truly, truly paying attention to the people around us. I just wrote the bulletin item for this coming Sunday about what to expect for the, from the Christmas masses. I read it. And it's a list of about nine things. Mm-hmm. One of them is, you know, enter peacefully. Don't get your schedule so tight that you have to look at your watch all through mass and communion is taking too long because there's too big of a crowd and I'll never make it to grandma's house. Yeah. What you need to do is say, I'm going to go to this mass and tell grandma I might be 15, 20 minutes later because I just know 
it's going to take longer. It's not going to be the end of the world. And if grandma says dinner has to be served at six, well, she's never too old to learn a, that 615 still works. I'm going to let you call grandma and tell her that. I, I would. Yeah. <laughs> well, my grandma's not around anymore. You know, you know, and I, I think we always, we always desire to have the next best thing or the next thing that we think will truly make us happy. And if you look at, you know, some of the biggest celebrities in the world that have all of the money in the world and all of the fame and the attention and any, anything they could possibly want at the end of the day, many of them are still very lonely people. Oh yeah. They feel incredibly alone. I, I was watching a documentary the other day and, um, one well-known celebrity, you know, they've got millions of followers on social media. They can't go anywhere in the world without people taking pictures of them. Um, and this person was saying basically like, I don't want to, my biggest fear in life is dying because I don't know what happens after that. And I think it would be incredibly boring and lonely. And I thought, wow, if, that, if all you're living for is the right now, that's incredible. And that's what I said. The right now always requires a new right now. Or, you know, if I, if somebody recognizes me on the street, I'm a little bit like upset because, well, I can't go anywhere. But if somebody doesn't recognize me on the street, yeah. why didn't they recognize me? Right. Because I'm pretty famous. <laughs> right. It's almost like you can't win. Right. Yeah, for sure. But I don't have that problem. No, because you put on a mask when you go to the grocery store. Did I, I told you about the time after I had my nose surgery. I do like this story. I, I had to go to Rite Aid, to, and I'll, quickly, I'll say it real quickly. I had to go to Rite Aid to get some bandages. It was in late November. It's kind of cold. I had my winter coat. I had a stocking cap and I had a scarf and my face had this big bandage across my nose. And I thought I look really bad. So I pulled the scarf up over my nose mm -hmm. and I pulled the stocking cap down to, to my eyebrows <laughs> and I was ready to go into the store. And then I thought, Oh, I can't do that. They're going to think I'm here to rob it. So I quickly took the stocking cap off and took the scarf down and I went in there, and yes, one or two people stared at me, but so what? At least they didn't think you were holding up the store. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just one last thought about rejoice as I reflect on this definition before we have to part ways. You know, it said not only to feel it, but to show it. And I think this Gaudete Sunday, how can we show that we rejoice, especially uh, when we partake in Mass together as a community? Amen. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on the 23 Podcast. <laughs>